You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com, and across the studio filling in for Scott Chasen is WIBW Sports Director Marlia Campbell. Marlia, I think Scott's okay. <laughs> Good to did, hear. Yeah. If you missed last week's show, Scott was COVID positive and had to set it out. I think he's out of quarantine, and mm-hmm. he'll be back with us next week with yeah. superpowers. Yeah, I was glad to hear. I messaged him last week, and he said he was finally over the hump of the worst part of it. So excited to have him back. But thanks for having me here today. Excited yeah. to be on the show. Can you imagine getting over the hump of the worst part of it? No. And then gosh. you have to rejoin me? Oh, no. I mean, yeah. yeah, man, that's tough. <laughs> when that's the good part. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat.com and ScottsFog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Kansas held off Oklahoma for a 63-59 victory at Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday. Marlia KU keeps finding ways to win close games. This was closer than I thought it would be. The Jayhawks are now 5-0 in games decided by less than five points. How are they doing it? Yeah, you know, 5-0 out of their 10 wins this year, half of them have come by less than two possessions, which is a pretty remarkable stat that they've been able to win all those five. Obviously, like last night, you would hope they wouldn't be in that position. The best way to win a close game is to not be in one and to, you know, have, have played a little bit better in this one. I know Self wasn't the happiest with his team's performance, but, you know, the answer to how they do it is just toughness and it starts with self i saw a stat the other day that um since 2010 kansas is the number one team in the country in percentage of games won by less than five points which is incredible and secondly it goes to the players and the mental toughness of the players i take jalen wilson last night had a pretty rough first half he had six first half turnovers his season high before that was four in the entire game Um, So, you know, that's a game where you could easily say, this night is just not for me. Um, Clearly, you know, something's not working and I'm just not having a good night. But he didn't do that. He turned it around in the second half and scored seven of his nine points down the stretch in the last five minutes, including two big big threes, one the go-ahead three um, to put KU up four. So to expand the lead from one to four with a minute and a half to go, which was huge for KU down the stretch. So. Yeah, you know, Self's late play calling has obviously been incredible over the decade and over his career. And then just getting players that are tough down the stretch, not only, uh, you know, physically, but mentally, I think, to uh, make big plays when you need to make them. One of the things I love about Bill Self is he teaches his teams uh, to value possessions, but also he always has them prepared for inbounds plays. He always has them prepared for late game situations. When they get into those spots, they know what they're supposed to do. And I'm cur- I would be really curious to ask him sometime how much he spends in practice on that late game situation in which they seem to deliver more often than not. 
Yeah, you can tell they're not, you know, they've been here before, not just in the five games this season, but in practice. They've done these situations before where you have two minutes on the clock, you're down by whatever, you're up by whatever. What are the decisions you need to make? What are the game scenarios you need to execute? So I think that's where um, the lack of panic you see comes from, is that they've been here before and they've gotten it done before. Very interesting. Yeah. Fitz, K-State's season went from a little bit from bad to worse yesterday when it took the court against Oklahoma State with just six scholarship players due to injuries and COVID-19 exposures. How did the Wildcats hold up in that 70-54 loss? You know, they played really well to start the game. I, you know, Oklahoma State's pretty good. They were picked for seventh in the conference. I think they're, you know, around sixth in the standings now. I think Oklahoma State's actually underperforming a little bit. K-State had them in a home game. This is where, you know, I think Bruce Weber felt like they could get a win. They've been playing games with eight scholarship players, which is, you know, cutting it pretty close to start with. And this game, they go in with six. Nigel Pack is out now. Uh, he had a COVID exposure and turned out to be positive. So that is a prolonged absence. And freshman Suri Lewis, who uh, adds some great depth, you know, really active guy coming off the bench, uh, is was apparently around Pack or someone that, uh, had COVID, so now he's out at least for a while while they figure out whether or not he is positive. They're down to six, uh, and the guys that played played extremely hard. They just aren't very good. I mean, that's just bluntly put. You lose Nigel Pack, one of the pieces that has been good for you this season, and now you get into this position, and they hung around, but at the end of the first half when, yeah, they were probably getting a little bit tired. Oklahoma State pulled away at the end of that half. They came out refreshed from halftime and closed the gap back up and then it slowly started to pull away and Oklahoma State hit I think their 13 last shots or something obnoxious in the game to really spread it out at the end. And when you're shorthanded, that's when you run out of gas is towards the end and, and they were just down to nothing. They were on fumes by the end of the game. They had two injuries of those six players in the course of the game and another guy ended up cramping up. This is just, it was horrible. It was just, Bruce Weber was so frustrated in the post-game press conference. Now look, I'm the first to say that his recruiting and his manager of the program put, this in the, put them in this position of being so young, but nobody could have thought that uh, COVID would come along right at the wrong time for Kansas State basketball, make it in, limit the amount of time they have together and make it so difficult for them to develop the team and oh, by the way, of all 10 teams in the conference, Marlia, it's K-State that's the first to go to the minimum and have to play a game. Yeah, It's gosh. just, oh, it's bad to worse, like I said. I'm curious what you think, because this has got to be, you know, pretty demoralizing to not get a win in so long, and not just as a team, but as a fan base. What silver linings do you see in this team right now and maybe in yesterday's game? You know what? I think they're, they're, they're playing extremely hard. Yeah. And, uh, they aren't very talented right now. You take Pack off the court and you, know, you don't have that depth, but they want to win. There's no, they haven't quit. They haven't given up. They, they're not just kind of laying down in the front of their circumstances. They continue to scrap, and I'm really happy about that at least. For sure. Well, let's stay on this topic for now because K-State was required to play its game Saturday with just six scholarship players, the minimum threshold set by the Big 12 for being required to play. Marlia, is this rule too restrictive or just right? Yeah, you know, I think it's really tough. And I think you heard Bruce Weber yesterday saying, hey, we wanted that number to be eight. We were willing to kind of compromise with seven and then it ended up being six. I My last season playing was 2017, 2018. That was my final year of playing D1 ball. And to put it into perspective, we never dropped below, I think, 13 scholarship players on any given night. So playing with six is kind of unfathomable. Um, it puts you in a really tough bind when it comes to injuries. You have guys playing through, you know, 
maybe when they shouldn't be playing, feeling like they need to tough through some stuff. You have foul trouble early that can quickly deplete that number of six, which on paper is kind of like, okay, I think we can do this. But when you get into a game scenario, I think it's really on the brim of how many players you should be allowed to play with. Because obviously, as we saw K-State yesterday, that's a draining game for those six players and, you know, for the walk-ons I played too. So, I don't know, Fitz, I'm curious your thoughts. I think I think six is a little bit tight. I remember when it came out and they said six scholarship players. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's, that's unbelievable. And let's be honest here. This isn't about quality basketball or giving your team a competitive chance to win a game. It's all about making sure the game's played so you get to cash the TV check. It was a decision made by athletics directors that is not in the best interest of the coaches or the players or the fans that have to watch their team go through this, but they get to cash the check. Yeah, Bruce Weber said that some ADs were in favor of five. Five. Have those ADs never played competitive sports? I mean, have they not played City League basketball with five guys? <laughs> it's, a, it's crazy that K-State had to do this. Uh, I'll be curious to see if anyone down the road in the conference has to face the situation. And I just kind of believe uh, with Davion Bradford spraining an ankle, oh, excuse me, getting into foul trouble, but Dejuan Gordon sprained an ankle, and uh, Carlton Lingard has a bad back. That's down to four now. I'll be really kind of shocked if they play their game Wednesday at Iowa State or maybe even Saturday with Texas. We sure. will see. We'll see. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Last week's question was, in hindsight, who should have been the fourth team in the college football playoff? We had A, Notre Dame. 10% of you said Notre Dame should have been in. 33% said Cincinnati. 24% Texas A&M. And a third of you, Oklahoma. So basically, we decided that the committee did get it wrong by putting in Notre Dame. We just have no idea who it should have been. <laughs> It's, it's really interesting, the results were. Here's this week's question. Now that the Big 12 season is underway, where will Kansas finish in the league standings? Pretty simple here. A first, B second, C third, D fourth or lower. I don't know why you would vote for D, but you can do so <laughs> over on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. I'm interested to see those results with I Texas too. and Baylor in the mix. That'll be interesting to see. Well, that'll do it for us for the first half of the two-minute drill, but we'll be back with more right after this on the Drive. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill, and it is, of course, sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Last week, we discussed David McCormick's struggles for Kansas. This week, he turned around and scored 20 and 17 points in KU's two victories. Marlia, what changed so much about the big guys' play? Yeah, leading scorer in both of those games. He grabbed eight boards against TCU, too, and hit some critical shots down the stretch for KU in the game against uh, Oklahoma yesterday. So I think KU fans should be really excited with the David McCormick we've seen this week, which I think is the David McCormick Phil Self has been talking about since the preseason that we've kind of been asking, where is he? Um, you know, as you can see here, I think he was just more confident this week. His shooting percentage went up from games one through ten. It was something like 38%, 38 
68.1%. Last two games, 65%. So shot selection's better. He's finishing more at the rim. And I think he's just playing with a little more swagger. You know, watching some of these plays, he's bumping his chest afterwards. I know he did that after the game sealer yesterday, um, hitting the point to make it a two-possession game with, with 12 seconds to go in this one. So I think he's playing more confident. Um, Self talks a lot about balance. I think he's been playing more on balance, more patient. And I think this is a David McCormick that will really help KU improve not just by his scoring, obviously great numbers this week. You hope he keeps putting those up, but by creating some more opportunities for, for his guys too, by, uh, by forcing defenders to kind of pull in on him, maybe opening up some things for shooters and stuff like that. So yeah, I think he, he had a great week and I think KU should be excited about, about McCormick's play right now. How does Phil Self do this? I don't understand. The guy stunk last week. What did he do, <laughs> little Mr. Miyagi, rub his hands together and put him on his head and, and get McCormick focused in? Yeah, you know, he looked like a totally different player. He did. Yeah, he did. And I think a lot of it stems from that confidence. I think, you know, throughout the season, Self kept saying, hey, McCormick is the real deal. He's able to score at will in practice and in the preseason. We'll see that from him this year. And finally, that came to fruition this week. Uh, you know, historically, KU has done really well with their big men. We've seen Yudoka Azubuki. We've seen just player after player down the stretch um, performing really well and leading KU to run their offense through them, to get up big buckets for them, to lead KU to some big wins. So, I obviously, this is two games of the whole season, but we hope this trend continues and it's exciting to see McCormick. You know, he said he's his toughest, crit toughest critic on himself, so seeing him maybe get out of his head a little bit, I think it was big for KU this Man, week. You get that post player going for KU, and here we go. It's going to get yeah. interesting. Yeah. So it isn't all doom and gloom for K-State basketball. Dejuan Gordon collected another double-double, and sophomore Walken Joe Petrakis, is that it? Walk That's on what Joe I'm going with. Yeah, sure. Played 15 minutes in his first ever Big 12 basketball game. Fitz, give K-State fans something good to think about. Well, this is the last 10 seconds. Uh, no, <laughs> seriously, folks, uh, you know, Petrakis was the feel-good part of this story. He bluntly came to Kansas State after one year at Dodge, Dodge City Community College to be a practice player. I mean, sure, he'd like to get on in a blowout or, you know, just hang out. He redshirted last year, uh, so he didn't play. Uh, this year, he's eligible to play as a sophomore, and nobody thought he'd really play. But due to the only having six scholarship players, they have two walk-ons. The other one isn't in any position to play right now. He is truly a practice player. They put Joe out on the court, and oh yeah, he was okay. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was going to be awful. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'd like to apologize to his family down in Wichita for the announcers only talking about his tattoo, which has got a little bit obnoxious. <laughs> but Joe actually played really well. Did he make mistakes? Sure. Did he get a uh, little bit outsized at times? Sure. But they needed him to slide down to play the four later in the game. He did it. And Coach Weber said at the end of the game that he'll play anything in practice. You ask him to be the point guard on the scout team and Joe will do it. I don't know if that's a good idea, but having those kind of kids in your program really makes it uh, so much easier to prepare for games. But it was cool to see him get rewarded, not with mop-up duty like almost every walk-on gets, but significant minutes, 15 in this game, against uh, Oklahoma State in a winnable game. He scored six points, kind of cool. And Dejuan Gordon continues to get better and better and hone in on what he is as a basketball player, which is blue-collar, scrappy, Please stop shooting threes. Shoot them when you're wide open. I know you want to shoot them. I've said it over and over. I get it. They're fun. But you get your, your points around the rim. 
and he finishes at the rim so well. I'm just blown away sometimes at how he can get into traffic and somehow that ball gets up off the backboard and he scores. Folks, there are some good things going on. I know the losing stinks, but hang in there. There's some signs of hope. Yeah, going back to Petrakis, I think it's really cool to see a guy like that get rewarded in a game scenario because, you know, the D1 season is a grind. He's in the weight room. He's at practice. He's doing the conditioning. So to be able to be rewarded in a real game scenario. And, you know, we saw him in the media last night saying how cool it was to be able to step on the court and score for the Wildcats. He's so, so happy. Yeah, happy for him. And, you know, this season, more than ever, it's the time to be ready to step up when your name is called. And he definitely did that last night. I think we'll see him play even more as we move down yeah. through the season. And now we step out of bounds and out of bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Alabama and Ohio State meet Monday night to decide the college football national championship. But I want to revisit a topic that you and Scott had previously discussed. Are there a better way, is there a better way rather to decide the national title than by a committee picking four teams for the playoffs? Yeah, there are. Uh, I think we've all come to this. And the reason why I think we're revisiting this is uh, I had written a column uh, earlier about 12 ways to help college football. Well, Joel Klatt from Fox came out with his proposals for changing uh, the playoff system, and they really struck home for me because he doesn't even want to go to eight. He thinks that's too small. He really wants to go to 14, and I don't know about you. I mean, I'm a, I'm a sports guy, and 14 is just such an odd bracket. And then he pointed out that's what the NFL is doing this year. Yeah. Each, there's one bye, which would be the top two teams. Sure. And uh, the top six teams in the bracket would be your five Power Five champions and the best of the other teams. Uh, you have your top six seeds there, and you match them up, and you start playing. I would chop one game off the season. You youngsters may not know this, but they used to only play 11 games. Then they went to 12. Back it back up to 11. Uh, and uh, allow teams then that don't get into the playoffs or a bowl, if those even exist. I don't really care about the bowls anymore, to be honest. Uh, and uh, let everyone schedule another game if they want to at season's end. But let's get this playoff set, uh, be more inclusive, make the season valuable for more teams. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Eliminate a little bit of the guesswork that we're having to do yeah. this week and last week on the show, right? <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, I think Oklahoma was one of the four best teams in yeah. season's end, but they had sure. those two losses, so they didn't get in, but they would have been in at 8, 10, 12, or 14, all possibilities for the future. Absolutely. Now let's go ahead and hear from the fans. Fitz, I'll let you do this one. Well, our fan question is this. Uh, Marlia <laughs> did... You did a great job last week, and thank she did. You. I thank get you, that. But what is it like to work with Fitz? I bet he's a tyrant <laughs> on the set, and he does he require you to laugh at his jokes like he does me? Yeah, there actually is. In the teleprompter, you can't see. There's a laugh here cue that comes up pretty frequently, so that's been helpful. I have questions from uh, Becky in Manhattan. <laughs> uh, honey, I'll be home about <laughs> about an I'm hour totally for dinner. I'm kidding. This show has been so fun. Fitz, I've looked up to your work for a long time, and being able to become friends with you and do the show with you this week and last week has been a blast. I was driving actually to work today and I was thinking, man, how cool is it to call work going in and talking about basketball with a good friend? So <laughs> That's pretty cool. I agree. Yeah. Okay, so remember to ask us your questions on your, our Facebook page. That is at The Drive. That's also on Twitter, at The Drive 13. When we come back, we'll take a look at our predictions. We'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Dang it, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Remember to make your week weekly predictions on our Twitter page uh, at the Drive 13. We want your votes. Let's look at last week's results. We've got to go really fast. Okay, that's enough. We only have <laughs> two because the third game is the NCAA championship game on Monday night. So next week we'll have four in theory. The viewers went 2-0. and Scott went 2-0. and And I went 0-2, which means I've gotten one of my last 11 correct. <laughs> that's all right. That's, I don't know. No. It's better than 0 out of 11, That's right? true. That's true. And now, this week's pick start with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. It's a pick em. Just pick the winner. What does Scott have? Yeah, Scott's going to pick Oklahoma State. And I will pick Oklahoma. I wasn't very impressed with Oklahoma State, even yeah. though they won by 16 over K-State. Next, we have K-State at plus 15 and a half at Texas. And Scott's going to go ahead and pick Texas. Yeah, I'm going to pick Texas, too. We have struggled with this line. I don't think this game's going to be played. I, don't think K I think K-State's going to be shut down for the week. We'll see what happens with that. And our last game of the week is Iowa State, again, plus 15 and a half at Kansas. And Scott's going to pick Iowa State. I was a little surprised. Yeah. Maybe he's not over the COVID. Maybe he's still <laughs> oh, a little no. light in the head. I'm taking Kansas. And if I don't get this one right... I'm just, I've been cursed. That's it. That's, that's got to be it. I've been cursed. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. And now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One by Local for a Strong Local Community. And we start with WIBW Sports Director Marlia Campbell. Yeah, cool. Thanks. So I'm going to yep. give my shout out to uh, Josh Allen, a fellow Wyoming grad. I went to school together at Wyoming. His only D1 offer coming out of out of college and out of JUCO, and he had an incredible career at Wyo. And now he's obviously doing pretty well for himself with the Bills. Had a good game yesterday, and is leading the Bills to unprecedented territory. So great game by him. Great season by him. He's doing really well in the pros, and obviously. Chiefs country around here. We're hoping he loses once that game comes, if it does. But uh, great year by him. And, yeah, I think that's been pretty impressive. So we're happy I, I for him. love how he's embraced Buffalo. Yeah, oh, yeah, gosh. I mean, maybe he coming out of Wyoming, he was well-suited to go play in the cold of Buffalo. But yeah. he just he's just fit so well in with the culture, and he loves it, and they love him. It's, it's a really cool story. Overshadowed by the Mahomes thing going on, but he's a great quarterback. Uh, I'm going to talk about something that's really bothering me. And I'll talk about this more at Go Power Cat because I do a thing called the Daily Delivery and I spout off and sound like a know-it-all. I'm so tired of remote announcers. And I understand in the age of COVID, the guys can't go to games, so they're calling games from their homes. And one guy for the K-State game was in Florida and the other was in Georgia. I can't remember where. It was, he, he was in, they weren't even together. They're calling games from their basement or their living room or somewhere. And what happens inevitably during the course of a game, they just start talking about any and everything except the game they're covering. And I know announcers do that even if they're in person, but it's just turned into, let's use the phrase, epidemic of bad announcing. They barely could talk about the K-State, Oklahoma State. I'm sorry you had to cover a really bad basketball game with some, you know, a bad team playing a team that's not playing particularly well in Oklahoma State. I'm sorry. But like she said earlier in the show, we get to talk about basketball. We get to talk about football. We're talking about sports. You're not digging a hole in the dirt talking about K-State and Oklahoma State. Stick to the topic. 
I know it's difficult. It's just <laughs> such a weird year. It's so, oh gosh, this, yeah. This whole year, well, we're in a new year now. And it just yeah. hasn't changed. I thought it would be yeah. like flipping a switch. Let's hope this is the last year of having to do remote yep. announcing. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.